here today. Passive aggressiveness. Read this. Well, stop. Let's pray first. Gracious God, allow us uh, the wisdom to sense and feel and engage your Holy Spirit as it surrounds us right now at this moment. As we gather to study scripture and consider something as simple as a movie and its ability to communicate to us uh, messages of of eternal wonder. Uh, Bless our time together. And do this, we pray, in the name of Jesus, whose advent we celebrate now. Amen. Okay. Once again, we have a a long reading. It's, it's, um, but I broke it down into two parts, too. Um, from 2 Corinthians. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should uh, give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, You will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Um, You all know I don't do this often, but I really love the way that um, Gene, I always forget his name. What's his name with... Oh, this is the wrong one anyway. Eugene Peterson. I didn't even bring the right one. Does anybody have the message with them? You got it on your iPhone? It's too tough. Too tough? Anybody have it? All right. All right, my mistake. You don't have the message with you, do you? Okay. Um... What do you read out of this? What do you take out of this passage? I guess most importantly, do you find it true? Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. That's the sequence that sometimes our experience in the world would, would make us a little bit skeptical of that part of it. Yeah. I mean, the I basic idea, if we were farmers, it would yeah. be true. 
If it were farmers, we would understand that better. Oh, yes. Ooh, a debate, a debate. Um, yeah, it, it, we assume the best economies here, we'll put it that way. Who else had a comment? Yeah. We went to see the Christmas Carol last night, so if anybody's uh, seen that lately. <laughs> yeah, a vivid, a very vivid reminder. Um, and, and again, a, a portrayal of a truth through story that um, perhaps speaks louder than, than simple words on a page, uh, even though it's a story, to, to see it. I mean, the fact that it's been done how many times, now how many different productions of that has been done? The, the best, of course, was um, with um, Patton. George C. Scott. George C. Scott. <coughs> That's my opinion. Okay, we have it. Um, Remember, and now this starts at verse 6. Well, that's right. We're supposed to start. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. <clears throat> I want each of you to think, I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against slob stories, sob stories, and arm-twisting, God loves it when you, hang on, I'm starting that sentence over. That will protect you against sob stories and arm-twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. God can pour on the blessing in astounding ways so that you're ready for anything and everything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist puts it, he throws caution to the winds, uh, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. Um, his right living, right giving ways never run out, never, never wears out. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meal is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Um, now that took us to 11. Sorry about the feedback here. So, I can't remember his name again. <laughs> I'm having a tough, Eugene Peterson goes to the, to the farmer analogy uh, very clearly there. Um, what else? What is, um, what is the righteousness? What do you think is intent there? That at the end, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. That is the key. Oh, oh, oh. Hang on, hang on, sorry. Righteousness is being in the right relationship in which you do your work and sow. This is not self-directed work in sowing and reaping, but in, in the will of, of God that you are in right relationship, your righteousness 
is what makes this work. Mm -hmm. It can't be your selfishness. Oh, good way to put it. All right, it, it's born out of a relationship. That relationship we would say is with the spirit of the living God in Christ. Other thoughts? We'll go to the second part of the passage. Yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit at, at the beginning. Uh, needs versus wants. You know, the scripture is clear that we will always have what we need. That we will never lack. The problem in our culture, of course, is that um, we choose to define what we need differently. We real, when we talk about needs, we really talk in our culture about wants. And it's a significant difference between needs and wants. God's promise is that we will always have what we truly need. Um, the juxtaposition, of course, is that what we truly need isn't always what we want. I think Jim said something very profound because he brought in the word joy. Um, I think joy is vastly underestimated in our culture. Vastly <laughs> underestimated. Um, and there's nothing worse for me than to see a sour Christian. That Christian doesn't get it. Um, there is just sheer joy when the Spirit is alive in and around you. So you're saying a Christian always has to be joyful? I think that. I said again. No, I want everyone to hear it. I want. It's a brilliant question, so everybody has to hear it. Even Christians can have periods of less than joyful. I, I think that you can sometimes put on appearance of joyfulness, and to me, sometimes that's fake mm -hmm. Christianism. Uh, I understand the inner joy, the righteousness, mm -hmm. uh, but the, the road does not always travel that way. Th that's true. Um, okay, let's now contrast... Did you fail me? I don't know if, no, because it's only on that. I only saved it on that. Yeah, be joyful. No, I just saved it right to that. Oh, well. No monitor tonight or today. I'm lack of, I'm joyless. Um, Jeannie, Jeannie often talks to me about um, the misery of the season. She, you know, for her, the idea of false joy um, is, um, is hypocritical. And what I would say to her if she weren't my wife <laughs> is that she doesn't get it <laughs> um, in this aspect. There is a difference between happiness and being happy and joy. And although I think our joy is often muted in this world, um, it should never be vanquished. Um, that even in, um, even in the very worst of moments, and we can go to Newtown if we, if we really want to again this week, even in the tragedy there, um, there were very, very early on people who were able to see that God was going to do something out of it, good out of it. 
and they, did, they couldn't express what it would be. And you don't want to really spend a lot of time there when people are, are grieving. But nevertheless, when, when, you, when you have an inner sense that God is on your side and God is with you, that even though we may not be happy, um, let's, not, let's not equate joy and happiness as one and the same. What, what you just said, I think, connects hope and joy and I think those two emotions are connected. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there, is, are all, there is room for hope and that, that hope can lead to joy. My other comment was to support what John Haas just said a while ago. Even in Jesus' own ministry, we learn about the account where he weeps for Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Certainly his heart was not joyful at that moment. And when he called his band of followers with him and said, fellas, we're leaving this town. Shake off the dust. You know, they're not going to listen to us here. Mm -hmm. We're going to move on and take our gospel somewhere else for a while. That could not have been a a joyful time for him either. So there are these examples of of our life where where our joy gets suppressed Mm -hmm. over circumstances. I think it's clear. Does it get... See, I guess I'm wanting to draw a delineation between joy and happier, good feelings. Um, For me, joy isn't... You know, he would have... In my my way of thinking, Jesus still could have been joyful. He may not have been happy. He may have been very sad. But that doesn't mean that the the joy within him and died because he knew God would God was still with him God would take him to new places and that's where the joy is born out of not out of successes wherever we may be but much more located in the fact that he was in a living ongoing uh, deep commitment with his father and, and that's that's part of it in the fact that you can't confuse the human emotion with the spiritual joy. Yeah. And, and again, it goes back to that thing that I keep finding helps me when I separate the two. When you try and put the spiritual in us as an understanding, we can't do it as humans. We can't understand that joy in human terms. It's something else. The happiness of human emotion, I'm not sure God totally cares about our, our emotions. I think our emotions are our responsibility. We, we deal with them and we work with them. And, and I think God would like us to be emotionally happy. But I think what he really wants us to understand is the spiritual joy. What maybe God really wants, we might call spiritual, uh, not spiritually happy, but spiritual health. Maybe that's a better term. Uh, maybe that's a better term. And, I, and I, again, I, I very much appreciate the idea that joy and hope, there's something there together. All right, let's move on, because I know you all want to watch the movie today, too. Um, pardon? That was only the first week. That was the draw to get the big numbers here. Didn't work, but it... <laughs> now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. 
you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And though, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Think about that. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have provided yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace that God has given you. Thanks be to God for his incredible, for the, his incredible gift. Okay. A little confusing? The first part's easy, is it not? What, what, are, what are we reading here? Who's ready to explain it all to us? Pam's over there shaking her head. I, I see Bill Clark in the first paragraph. Oh, 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 okay. Um, you see Bill Clark. Now, many of you may not know Bill Clark. Um, Bill Clark is a member of the congregation. He's pretty much homebound at this point. But explain that, Jack. Well, uh, Bill never, uh, I, I don't think I will ever know, even though I thought I knew him well, all that he has done in his life with Habitat, with you just name it, nationally, young life. I mean, he, he has been found himself in the leadership in union management relations and construction in this whole area uh, and never never wanting never even looking for any um, honor but what a servant he he has been did that just die check that You turned it off, though. <laughs> All right. Let's read it via Eugene Peterson. Um, and, I, and because Eugene does things a little differently, I don't know exactly where I'm starting here because he does things differently. Um, All right. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-formed full lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Carrying out this social relief work involves far more than helping meet the bare needs of poor Christians. It also produces abundant and bountiful thanksgiving to God, this relief offering is a prod to live at your very best, showing your gratitude to God by being openly obedient to the plain meaning of the message of Christ. Being obedient to the plain meaning of Jesus Christ. Keep that in your mind. You show your gratitude through your generous offering to your needy brothers and sisters, and really towards everyone. Meanwhile, moved by the extravagance of God in your lives, they'll respond by praying for you in passionate intercession for whatever you need. Thank God for this gift, his gift. No language can praise it enough. 
Um, this relief offering is a prod to live at your very best, showing your gratitude to God by being openly obedient to the plain meaning of the message of Christ. What do we think is the plain meaning of the message of Christ? What do you think? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, now it went back. Hang on. Probably would have been easier for me just to go back and have gotten my... Uh, yeah, would you? I'm just... Okay. I can't even... Yeah. Okay. So the plain meaning of God. Love God and love your brothers and sisters as yourself. Okay. But in that sentence, it also had the plain meaning of Christ has something to do with generosity. That's part of love? Okay. It's turned off again. <laughs> Just Our hit the bottom. Just hit the bottom. The incredible gift of God. Grace. Grace. And, and Capital G. To that. All right. So our reaction, our social relief, as he puts it, is a response or a reaction to God's grace. Seems simple enough. Okay. Any other thoughts about this passage? I guess it strikes me that, especially like the reminder at Christmas that the Emmanuel, that, that the whole idea of Jesus coming and, and as Philippians talks about giving up all of his status mm -hmm. in order to be with us, to, to suffer with us, to embrace us, to reconcile us to God, that, that to the degree that we really can embrace that. Get it. Yeah. And embrace it. Then that just opens up such a desire to reach out to others because of an awareness of God's immense generosity and, and how humbling that is that if, if God's willing to do that on my behalf, how can I stay removed? Withhold. Right, from the needs of those around me because God has done such great things on my behalf that, that out of just gratitude that would naturally draw me out to be with others. And that, that, that would then be the distinguishing between what we as Christians would do if we give like food and clothing ministry as opposed to the community food bank, you know, that's a government handout. 
because the heart of that person giving food because here you need something as opposed to for those in the food and clothing ministry here that it's the because I see Christ in you and because Christ has done so much for me we give to one another and and that passage I'm sorry I'm going on it no. but the passage of of the thanks to God that I think that's the distinguishing factor that if someone comes and thanks me yes. then then they're then I I've, I've been unsuccessful in representing that that I am That's right. And that's key. Okay? The the message of the food and clothing ministry, what is it? What is the message of the food and clothing ministry? What message do we want to, to send to those who come? Anyone? God loves you. God cares for you. Is that it? We care for you. We care. Oh. Well, well, in connection to that, let, let, let's look at both sides of that real quickly. Because there is, the point Paul is trying to make is, to me anyway, fairly simple. That you have been blessed to be a blessing. Okay? Um, in our culture, two things have happened. One is, of course, the government is involved in, in um, tending to the needs of the least and the lost and the alone. Um, so there is one message that probably is not helpful to our message, although it's helpful to the least and the lost and the alone. Um, that means people who come to our food and clothing ministry may come not looking for the message of Jesus Christ, but looking for the other message, which says, um, I need help and, and I'm going to get help. And the reason is not important. On the other hand, we live in a culture that says very clearly that the rich, and by the way, that is most of us here in this room, that the rich earned and deserve what they have. Which is also standing against scripture. Our capitalism tells us we earn what we get. And therefore we deserve what we have. The gospel tells us no, it is a gift of God to be used for the good of God's creation. So from both sides of, of the, the social spectrum now, we're finding conflict with ultimately what people of faith are to believe. I haven't earned a thing. What I have is not mine. It is on loan. Much like my child, we get this with children, don't we? 
My child does not belong to me. My child is on loan. Um, in fact, everything that I have is on loan from God. Okay. Catch. <laughs> I know how to push your buttons. <laughs> oh. You need to turn it on. Oh. <sighs> Rich, can you change? We're out of batteries? All right, you've just been saved by the bad battery, so now, you, now you're just going to have to talk loud. Have at it. And say that. It was. It's Charles Wesley. Was also who is Charles Wesley's brother? John. Um, John also, I, th- I think it was John who, who practiced um, the tithe to the extreme. Um, he, he began his life giving 10%. He ended his life living on 10%. So at the beginning of his life, he lived on 90% and gave 10 By the time he died, he was living on 10% and giving 90% away. Now that also realizes the fact that he he increased his income as he as he got older. But to realize that his understanding uh, of what that all really meant, what what he had was to be used for, um, is is kind of a fascinating little glitch in history. Wonderful glitch. All right, let's go ahead and and watch the last scene. Um, and allow me to get to it. I have to remember exactly 203-ish. All right. We're just going to start it here. Speak. I say, speak. He's been acting a little loony, quote unquote. If we remember from last week, he's been acting a little loony. He's been going to his, he, he went to his house, which was in fact not his house because he was never born. 
um, the neighborhood that he had established, the subdivision that he had established with fair housing. Um, trade is not there. He's gone to the house. He now sees a high school friend um, who um, in this new life has become, for lack of a better word, a lady of the evening, a hooker, a, um, a lady of comfort. And um, he's tried to intervene because she's being arrested and, and he's just confused. It's because Clarence, his angel, has fulfilled his wish that he never have been born at all. And now he's walking the streets, much like Scrooge walked the streets of his life without anybody being able to tell that he's, he's there or, well, that's not true because they know he's there, but without him uh, having um, made an impact on the city and, and the lives of people. So this is, and we'll just pick up here. his finest acting. <laughs> hey, George! George! You all right? Hey, what's the matter? Now get out of here, Bert, or I'll hit you again. Get out of here. What the Sam Hill are you yelling for, George? You... George? Bert, do you know me? Know you? <laughs> you kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What you... <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert! My mouth's bleeding! Zuzu's pedals! Zuzu... There they are! Bert! What do you know about that? Merry Christmas! Well, Merry Christmas! So we remember, for those of you who weren't here last week, he's, the reason he didn't want to be born was because he's in trouble. $8,000 is missing, and the bank examiner's there waiting for him. And um, he's about to be arrested and taken away to the pokey for lawyers. What would he be guilty of? Fraud, embezzlement, thievery. Pardon? 
The pokey. He's heading to the pokey. The big guy. The big Mr. Bailey, there's a deficit. I know, $8,000. George, I've got a little paper. I'll bet it's a warrant for my arrest. Isn't it wonderful? I'm going to jail. Merry Christmas. Reporters, where's Mary? Mary, oh, look at this wonderful old drafty house. Mary! 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 Have you seen my wife? Mary, Mary! I could eat you up. <laughs> Where's your mother? She went looking for you. With Uncle she... Billy. Daddy! Zozo, Zozo, my little ginger snap. How do you feel? Fine. Not a smidge of temperature. Not a smidge of temperature. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hello. George. George, darling. George, darling. Where are you? Oh, George. Oh, George. 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 Are you real? <laughs> Oh, George. 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 Well, you've no idea what's happened to me. You've no idea what happened. Well, come on, George. Come on downstairs. Quick, we're on the way. All right. Come on. Come on in here now. Now you stand right over here by the tree. Right there. And don't move. Don't move. What's happening? Wow. Oh, I hear them coming now. George, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Who's gonna come, Daddy? Who, Daddy? Uh, Come in, Uncle Billy. Everybody in here. George, brother, come on. George, Mary did it. She told yeah. some people you were in trouble and they scattered all over town collecting money. Didn't ask any questions, just said, George in trouble and tell me you didn't like it. Spread like fair. Another run on the bank? Here you are, George. Merry Christmas. There we are. The line farms on the right. Now, get this. It's from London. Oh. Mr. Gower cabled you need cash. Stop. My office instructed to advance you up to $25,000. Stop. Oh. Hee-haw and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. Oh.
a blizzard. Oh, Harry, how about your banquet in New York? Oh, I left right in the middle of it. As soon as I got Mary's telegram. Good idea, Ernie. A toast. <laughs> to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. <laughs> friend of mine. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. boy, Clarence. for a moment. All right. All right, what do we think? What do you notice? What hits you? I, I'm like my dad. Embarrassing. Um, compare and contrast the scene at the run of the bank with the run into the house. For me, that's what, you know, strikes me. And one moment, it's all about what can I get. <clears throat> the next moment, it's about what can I give. Um, the other thing that strikes me is that in a, a, um, a thoroughly secular film, I mean, thoroughly secular. What hymn did they choose? What carol? Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Um, it just strikes me as odd. It just strikes me as odd. Thoughts. Did we get it fixed? Anyway, uh, last Sunday... But you have to stand up then. I thought I uh, had seen or not.
it bombed big time. Probably before your time. Anyway, this thing uh, ended up there. It, it was put on a shelf, and it wasn't until 25 years later that it mm-hmm. did. In that, the copyright of it expired, and nobody bought it, and nobody renewed it. So the TV stations could run it without a charge. And that's kind of how it got back on the street. I thought that was interesting. But Capra was a unique man. It was his favorite movie. He had dealt with Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Was so good. And uh, and I just had a few highlights, but it really was good. But Catherine's philosophy of life is really what you're watching. You don't know. It didn't come out in the interview, but he felt that everybody had is a, is a mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the whole idea, perhaps, that you can change the world, that you as a single individual have power to change the world. Yes. You look like... The question becomes for, for good or for evil. Right. We w- actually, you will change. The, everybody will change the world. The question will be for better or evil, good or evil. Other thoughts? Yeah. Oh, speak loudly because we don't have a microphone. Yeah.
Yeah, what is the one single most important thing? Um, and speaking of simplifying, a, a couple weeks ago I was at um, St. Luke's and they have a little gift shop on their first floor. And um, there's just this little painted sign, you know how they are, they're like that big. All it said is simplify. And I paid the two bucks for it. Um, and now it sits on my dashboard <laughs> to remind me as well, simplify. What, what's the one important thing? If it, an interesting exercise, which I used to do with, with um, kids all the time, um, would be to list the 10 most important things in your life and then to scratch out five of them and then to scratch out two of them. Um, and I usually left it there. You, know, <laughs> you don't want to push those teenagers too far. Um, you know, what is it that makes life worth living? Um, I think George Bailey discovered that, if nothing else, what made life worth living. Uh, and that ultimately came down to his family and his home, yeah. Speak loudly. There's a very good tie-in in this final theme to the first scripture that you mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, yes. About Westminster class. Yeah, the Westminster class. No class next week, the Sunday between the holidays. We are not going to meet. Uh, January, January 6th, Perry Bates is going to make a presentation on some of the stewardship that goes on at the denominational level in the USA. She has a leadership leadership position. And that went over really well. I mean, he's a really fine teacher.
not going to necessarily present right from the book, but there will be good background material if you want to read one or, or both of these books. And I'll have that information probably two weeks from today or Sunday in January. I'll publicize that. Be looking in the tidings. The week after that, Terry Bate. And I, I would encourage you to come to, to hear Terry. Terry raises literally millions of dollars for mission in this denomination. She's always traveling, and, and um, she literally raises millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars. Um, and in a denomination that in so many ways is failing, and at this point so fast, um, that is really falling apart at the seams, um, our mission continues to be amongst the strongest in the world, uh, despite it. Um, so it's a fascinating story to hear, um, and one that will, will make you feel good about um, who we are and what we do on the larger scene. She will also, I'm sure, challenge you. <laughs> um, last point on this before we head into worship. Um, the point Paul makes one of these points is that when we give, um, God is praised. And that's very important for Paul. That through our giving, um, people give thanks to God. They recognize God in the giving. And so they praise God, which for Paul is, <laughs> is what life is about. All of life is a, is, a, is a prayer of thanksgiving to God for everything. And when we live generous lives uh, and other people see it, they praise God for the generosity which is God. And so that, for Paul, that's the best possible outcome of everything, that your generosity um, allows others to see the work of God and then they themselves turn around and praise God. Um, the one thing I want to say, and this we'll, we'll be talking a little bit about this in the sermon today, um, we, we always, I always have to ask the question, and I think most of us do, why the food and clothing and prayer ministry? To what end, for what purpose? And I think most of us would say that um, we do it because, for two reasons. Um, we're commanded to. I mean, let's face it. If we're going to be faithful, we're going to be obedient. If we're going to be obedient, then we are going to tend to the least, the lost, and the alone. Um, the second reason is um, because we're commanded to show compassion. So it's not just simply a matter of, of obedience, but um, we, want to, we want to live through ourselves the compassion that Christ lived. There's a third reason which we Presbyterians don't get. And we're going to talk about that in the sermon. Um, there's a third reason why we do um, food, clothing, and prayer ministry. And we'll talk about that. If you were at first service, you, you might get the tag there. Um, 
but there's one thing that, that we as a congregation um, don't do very well, and we'll talk about that in the sermon. With that, it is uh, 16 after. We need to wrap it up. I hope you kind of enjoyed this. It was something a little different. Um, thank you for wonderful discussion. Uh, I hope you do all get a chance to, to just sit down and watch the movie again at some point from start to finish and uh, glean from it uh, all, of the, all of the really good feelings that you want to feel at Christmas time, uh, whether they're genuine or not. Um, they'll still in, infect you. Yes. Consistent with all we've talked about today, go home and read Sharita Gaucher. Yep. Oh. She speaks to what we've been talking about. Excellent. Yes. One last thing. Back in the spring, when our little kind of informal committee that's looking at programming for the, this class, Pastor Dave approached me and said, Jim, I've got this goofy idea to do something. <laughs> <laughs> it was goofy. And it did. But this has been a treat, and I want to thank you, Pastor, for this. Well, you're welcome. New and novel <laughs> way to do a, a series in the month of December. Thank you. It was fun. It really was fun. Thank you. Um, let us pray. Gracious God, some of us have worshipped already in, in, uh, in the liturgy. And now we go on uh, from this place to, to live our lives of worship and service. Uh, others of us stay now to enter into that liturgy. And we pray that you will open our hearts and our minds to again see you and, and learn of you that in our seeing, in our learning, in our very feeling, we may uh, find ourselves conformed ever deeper into the likeness of your son, Jesus Christ. Um, bless us now, whichever way we go. Well, bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace. If I don't see you...